Hello, Her Sports Story community, and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Today, we have an incredible woman, to say the least, and I'm going to attempt to do this intro justice because there is so many amazing things that Lonnie has done, and I know she will continue to do with her missions. So, Lonnie was a former Division I basketball player at the University of Vermont, and she became a teacher and taught math and started coaching at the high school level and has done so for the past 15 years. She also became very interested in performance psychology and studied positive education, um, spent time traveling, really diving into this field. And she even created uh, Mindful Performance, where she helps high school and college teams and individuals through programs um, around mental skills and training. She also is a founder of a nonprofit called Strong Girls United, whose organization or whose mission is to empower and inspire girls to become their best, happiest, strongest version of themselves through sport, mindfulness, and leadership programming. How amazing. But through all this, she was also diagnosed with stage three breast cancer in 2018. And I'll be honest, we didn't even get to this part of her story, but it's so incredible. And you can tell that she has an immense drive to do the work that she does. And she is offering amazing programming spanning ages for girls from elementary school all the way up through high school. And I think even right now she's doing a Beyond the Game Leadership Academy for middle school and high school girls where she'll do weekly group huddles, daily mindfulness practices, uh, guided journaling, and most importantly, mentorship. And she involves current athletes, former athletes, and her programming and her organization is just, again, like incredible. So I don't know if I could do Lonnie justice by any means. We had such a good conversation. And all of the details of where you can follow her, find websites, find uh, links to her current programming or Strong Girls United programming is all in the show notes. So be sure to check those out. You will not be disappointed. Everything that she has put out into this world is truly inspirational. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with myself and Lonnie. Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast. Former athletes, if that's you out there, you have found the right place. In this podcast, we interview phenomenal former female athletes on their journeys out of sport and into the next chapters of their lives, chasing their dreams while always still embodying the athlete mindset. Because I think once we're an athlete, we're always an athlete. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, former competitive and collegiate gymnast of 15 years turned athlete advocate professional 
and I'm so happy you're here. Please engage with this community on Instagram at Her Sports Story and enjoy the show. Lonnie, we are so happy to have you here on the Her Sports Story podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it, it's been a really cool journey kind of getting to know you. I know uh, really, I think earlier this year, we had the chance to connect over the phone and talk about Strong Girls United, which our, our audience will learn about. And then more recently, I had started doing like Her Sports Story Zoom calls and just inviting Finding whoever would like to join in to just connect and have conversations about a variety of things. And you joined in on that. So that was cool to get to know you even more. But I'm really excited today because I, I feel like I've gotten good pieces of your story and what you do now. But now we get to kind of like really dive into it. So I'm excited. Sounds good. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So. Of course, we kind of, we, we want the background, we want the gist of, of where this all began and like how did sports play a role into your life and where did that lead you as you, as you grew up? So, so I grew up in Maine. I am younger sister uh, to a brother, three years older than me. Um, both of my parents, I would say, would considered themselves um, athletes. They were into sports as well. Um, and I played everything I could really when I, when I was younger. I just remember wanting to be on all the teams. Um, soccer, tennis, softball, track, basketball. We, we did swimming. I remember being in gymnastics for a little bit. Um, you know, just really kind of, I, I, I felt very, looking back especially, I feel very fortunate that I was able to have all of those experiences because I know not everybody can. Um, and it really, I just, I just loved, I loved being on a team and I loved different sports and learning new things and trying lots of things. So I actually stayed as a multi-sport, I would say, athlete through until I, rem I still remember being told in middle school, I think seventh grade, when I had to make a choice, like mm -hmm. soccer and tennis were in the same season at that time. And it was like, no, you, and I remember asking, can I do both? And they were like, no, you have to choose. Yeah. And then basketball was sort of my constant. So basketball was my winter sport. I didn't do any other winter sports. Um, and track and softball were spring. It was like, you have to choose now. So I chose one. And so I played those three sports. I played soccer, basketball, and track. Uh, all four years of high school, wow. I was on the varsity team for all three from freshman year on, so all four seasons, and it it was so such an important part of my experience. I mean, going middle school, I remember being really hard for lots of different reasons. I think it is for lots of people, especially mm -hmm. girls. Yep. But then I just remember that freshman year, you know, getting on that team, on that soccer team. And being like, you know, you get connected with girls of different ages. So you've got, you know, different ages on the, you know, on the same team and you get to, that's your, your friend group, you know? Yep. Um, 
and then we kind of transitioned from soccer to basketball season and now you have like you still have the other friends but then you've got some new like you've got your team in the winter season and then same in the spring and what I loved about track was that it was a big team you know 100 kids and boys and girls of all ages I really looked up to I remember I was a hurdlerist I remember one of the senior hurdlers that I really looked up to and he was a, a captain and um that was just, and being on a relay team, you know, with other ages, like that whole experience just felt, I feel like it gave me a sense of belonging and gave me confidence in the rest of my life as well. Um, fun, I, I went on to play basketball at University of Vermont. And so uh, that was a decision I actually made. I, I sort of made a verbal commitment to UVM in July after my 11th grade year. Mm -hmm. So that made that process really, it felt very simple um, awesome. to me because I knew I, I really liked it there, you know, and kind of was, I actually said when I was in eighth grade going on college tours with my older brother and UVM was the last of a very long you know April vacation trip where you're doing all of these school visits mm -hmm. and I remember being like I want to go there so like I wanted to do that when I was in eighth grade and wow. um so that was kind of you know that was that was great and I, I guess in that story too is my when I was in fifth grade I remember making a deal with my parents that I was going to get a full scholarship to college at the time, I didn't really know what that meant, but I, I thought it was uh, for academic reasons. So I was like, I'm going to get a full scholarship to college. And when I do, will you buy me a car? And they were like, sure, of yeah, course. Right. You know, like, that's a pretty good deal if yeah. you think about it, especially now. And, um, and then that's, I, I like hung on to that. And like, I, I remember that. And so did they. And that, and after my um, after my freshman year, we weren't allowed to have cars at UVM freshman as freshmen, but after that, they like, they helped, you know, they bought a car. And so that was, that's just like a funny story that I, I tell my kids too, of like, you know, how making a, making one of those deals when I was, when I was in, in fifth grade, um, so, you know, it just, it, it was a part, sport has just been, been a big, a big part, um, in really all all aspects. So that takes that takes us through college, and I'll, I'll pause there because it's obviously, you know, fifteen or however many years later, um, it's still a big part of my life. But um, but that that's sort of my like up, the upbringing, the sport in my in the, my story in in yes. sport from young until then. <laughs> so good. I mean. I think the multi-sport athlete has become, you know, fewer and further between. Oh my gosh, yes. I believe there's so much value to it. I, I, I didn't, as a gymnast, I started at six years old and I like, that was basically it. I did have moments uh, in there when I became a cheerleader and kind of stepped away from the sport, but my husband, he did all the sports in, in high school. And I just think it is so cool. And so cool to be a part of your school and have that group and connection and that, you know, hearing that part of your story, it, it fits very nicely with even what you do. Yeah. Um, and so that's so cool. And so cool that you kind of found that, that college that you liked or like the, the vibe you were looking for, even, yeah. you know, as a 13 year old. So yeah. I love that part of your your story. Uh, so in college, did you get to successfully kind of like play all four years? Yeah, I did. Yep. So I played all four years. Um, I 
was um, on, I had, you know, had some great, again, just that experience of being a freshman on a team with seniors, you know, like that whole, that, that is like such a huge thing um, in terms of stepping foot onto a big new campus and new things and have a team. I really cannot picture I cannot picture what college would have been without without being on a team. I, I literally can't. And, and there were moments, this, it wasn't easy. Um, after my sophomore year, our the coach that recruited me left to go to Syracuse. Oh, wow. And we got a new coach. And as you know, in the college, you know, transitioning coaches is hard. Um, and I don't, I don't know. It, it, there were there were definitely times where I was burnt out. College sport, college was really college athletics was really hard for me in that I was multiple sport going into college. So that first year of playing basketball all year mm-hmm. long, <laughs> yes, multiple times. I was I felt so ready for the next season in you know mid January and like our season had just, like our. Our, our conference play had just begun. And so that, that like really long season and that sort of dealing with burnout was the, it was the first I had really experienced that um, and how hard it was. And so that, that definitely also plays a role in sort of um, what I, what I do now and in my work with, with high school athletes and younger, um, just in terms of preparation, because I, I did not have all the the mental tools that I really think I, I, I needed. Um, Mm. but with that said, I had, we had a, we had a really good team. One of the reasons why I chose UVM is because they love their women's basketball team, like the community, like it is sold out crowds. And, you know, at that time, that's not necessarily something that you would, and still probably not necessarily something that you see at a lot of schools in terms of the support for women's sports. And so that was, that experience and the Patrick Gymnasium and the, the teammates, you know, all of that was so, so great and so important um, in my, in my experience. And even though uh, it wasn't always easy um, and there, ha- I had those moments of like, should I keep doing this? I know. I mean, it was almost immediately after it was over where I was like, wow, thank God I had sport. Like I had, you know, all of two months of, I think it was April and May that were the only two months of four years of college that I did not have to go to basketball practice or have anything. And those two months were something that I feel like I, I like dreamt about in a sense for so many, like I was like waiting, you know, until like, this is, you know, where I can get to the finish line. And then once it was there, I was like, oh my gosh, thank gosh I had sport because I could not have done that for four years and it also made me think I wish that I had learned a little bit better how to tap into that that like sort of joy and why I played to begin with um earlier to really enjoy the experience that like the incredible experience that was that I that I was sort of right have um so yeah yeah. Oh, so good. No, and I completely agree being a, a college athlete and, and navigating that space and the ups and downs and that is extremely challenging. Uh, but I look back and now working with athletes, and especially in a time right now where we like the, the 
perspective we are now gaining on how much we appreciate our sport or being with the team. Yes. Yeah, I I totally agree with you there that I wish I would have been able to harness it um, for every, for any type of experience that it was giving me, whether yes. I wasn't competing, but I was going to show up as the best teammate and, you know, lean into the experience no matter what. And yes. that it's challenging to do, but that's something I always try to provide perspective on now because like you and me, I'm like, we wish we would have done it you know yeah yeah totally and I I always say if I had once I started really diving into the sort of the mental side of the game in in order to be the best coach and teacher that I in terms of my profession mm-hmm. I, I always said like I wish I had one more game <laughs> like, like give me one more game like yeah. I'm gonna tear it up I'm yeah. gonna play you know and again I look back and I'm like gosh I had I had a good career I was a thousand point scorer there I mm-hmm. um you know I I made the the 10 in lots of different categories and I feel like, God, like how good could I have really been if I had known what I know now, you know, like the hindsight and wisdom, of course, that we gain with age, um, we want to bring, bring into our past experiences. And the best that I feel like I can do now is, is try to take that and like what you're doing and try to gift it to others so that they, they understand and, and can, can kind of learn, learn from that ahead of time, you know? Right. Oh, so much. So how did then, you know, you you had this college experience, of course you got your education. What did your transition out of sport and into, you know, finding that that next chapter or career uh, look for you? So this was another thing that, I, now when I describe it a little bit, I'm like, oh, so this, I'm, I'm probably sound like super annoying in some ways because I knew I knew I wanted to teach and coach when I was younger and I know that that's not always the case this is where I'm like some people are like oh my gosh like she knew she where she wanted to go and knew knew what I wanted to do I was in middle school uh elementary school I guess maybe fourth fifth grade whenever I still believed in Santa Claus I remember getting a um getting a whiteboard for for Christmas and that whiteboard was like what I would draw plays on. I'd draw basketball plays. And my dad was also my, my AU basketball coach. So I had a coach in my family that I was really looking up to and practicing. And that whiteboard is still in my parents' shed. And it still has like permanent X's and O like play markers on it. Like you can't even erase it anymore. Awesome. <laughs> um, so cool. Um, because so like that so in terms of like becoming a coach and and in order to become a coach which I really really loved it felt like what I had seen or what what sort of culture told me was like you become a teacher like if you become a teacher you can coach so like that those two things went hand in hand for me and I really liked math so I my secondary my degree at UVM was secondary education with a concentration in math and a minor in coaching and so when I graduated I graduated in May and um, I started that September as a math teacher, and I took over as head varsity girls basketball coach at Phillips Academy in Andover, Mass. So it's an independent boarding school. And so I went right from, I transitioned right from playing to, to coaching. And so my transition out of sport, I think, was also fairly unique in that it wasn't like a hard stop, you know? It was, especially with 
specifically basketball. I mean, it was like a, it was like a move into, I mean, I was a captain my senior year. I'd always had a, a, a pretty high IQ of the game. So in terms of, you know, high school, you know, halftime talks or whatever, like I, I was always sort of a teacher of the game all the way through. And so that just sort of transitioned into to coaching and even even the profession of teaching and coaching you you even continue on um like there's a fall a winter and a spring right like the three different seasons like you know had summer off you know and uh, I often you know I, I did and still do work in the summers but like that even that transition that can be so drastic and significant for people I I was I because of the profession that I chose it was it was fairly smooth in many in many senses um, but I will say that coaching is really hard. <laughs> um, it was, I remember that the first, um, the, you know, the first, I remember the first game and just being like, oh my gosh, like just realizing I really need to simplify things much more than I did. I had in my head, you know, what they could handle, but I was also coming as a former division, you know, like I had just finished my division one career. And, um, and so coaching was, awesome. I love, I still have some of my most favorite relationships and connections with people are former athletes of mine. And just like as an athlete, just like they were like our, our teammates, you know, like my roommate from college, all four years, you know, we roomed all, you know, and she was my maid of honor. Like those relationships are so important and they continue to play a really important role in my life um, in terms of you know, the, the wedding that I went to last summer was one of my, one of my former athletes, you know? And, um, so like that, that, those relationships, I guess I are, are continue to be equally important. And so sport continues to play a really, um, valuable role in my life. Yeah. And then as I like hear you talk about it, like there's so many themes that just intertwine so swimmingly with, you know, strong girls and yeah, it's, it is truly special. I mean, yesterday I had my gymnastics coach of gosh, maybe 10 years, like kind of call me out of the blue because of this time. She's like, I'm just reaching out to, to people that mean a lot to me. And we connected and it was like, no time had passed at all. I mean, the last time she had the opportunity to coach me was over 12 or 13 years ago (laughs) but no it's so special and there's so much to be said about that the coach and the almost like mentorship type types of relationships and so now I feel like I'm like well this is like segueing pretty nicely (laughs) into you know strong girls united so I'd love to hear how how that evolved because it's it's fairly impressive. Um, I know that it's very impactful, and I am so excited to see, you know, to stay tuned with it and see it grow and hopefully becoming involved and whatnot. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about that evolution. Awesome, thank you. Um, so I, at the same time as I was coaching and teaching high school student athletes I felt like I as a coach and teacher I I needed to figure out I needed I was wishing I had a psychology degree I needed to figure out more about how to help them with the mental side because I could you know when you see as a coach you can see some like the potential and and I could tell when 
kids uh, had, it was their mind getting in their way. And I really wanted like, I'm, I'm a math teacher. So it's a little bit more like, I, you know, I wanted like science backed evidence of like, yes. how do I help these kids? Like, what does the research say? So I went back to school I, and um, I took a class called Counseling Skills and Techniques in Sport and Exercise Psychology at Boston University with uh, Dr. Amy Baltzell. And that class was my favorite thing that I have, it was, it was so great. And it really like kickstarted and launched what, what, what has been the last uh, probably 10, eight, 10 years. And so the, the class was, I mean, this class was even, it was a commute into Boston, which like not many people would say they enjoy. And I was like, it's time for me to go to class. Like I'm driving to Boston, you know, <laughs> like I just loved it. And I've always been like, I would say lifelong learner. Like, so I, I took that class. I started absorbing books, reading tons and tons and tons of books. Um, we just moved and have many, many bins of them. And that I, I highlight, I mark, I go back to, I was listening to podcasts and just absorbing as much as I could in the area. And while doing that, I was really wanting to supply our high school student athletes with almost like sports psych 101, like mental skills training 101, like a little bit of something before they are going to go off and play in college. Because again, that was something I didn't feel like I had. And so I learned these tools in my 20s and 30s, but wouldn't it have been great if I knew them in at 18 or, or 19? So I created a sports psychology seminar that was just once a week for student athletes, senior student athletes that wanted to participate. And it was, and it filled up immediately. Um, and it was volunteer from like six to 7 PM once a week. And so that tells a lot about in terms of their interest in this information, right? Like the interest is there for there to be a volunteer something that people are going to where there was a book still that we read and we were, you know, doing exercises. So as I created that, I, I simultaneously was looking at a couple different things sort of in society or cultural that um, I wanted to figure out a way to help, I guess. And one of them was a lot of single sport athletes. So I felt like we were, we were multi-sport about early on boys uh, would drop out of sport at age 13. And now, now it's, uh, the research shows about two times greater. So we're moving in the, in the right direction. Um, but I was looking at that dropout rate. And then I was also looking at, I had two daughters of my own. And one of them was five and the other was two. And so our five-year-old was heading into kindergarten and I was witnessing um, this shift in, in kids on like, so if you go to a, uh, if you go to a, preschool playground you will see boys and girls running around playing like you wouldn't necessarily think anything if you go to an elementary school playground most places you will see mostly boys on the basketball court or boys playing football and there are not many girls in that mix and I felt like it was this really quick like how did in one year this change and I started talking to other elementary school parents and said, you know, how do the girls, like, I'm just curious, like, how do they, how do they feel about this? Are they invited? Like, what's happening? And one of the girls was like, I said to me, um, oh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm told I can't play football because I'm a girl. 
and mm-hmm. oh I'm told that I can't do this because I'm a girl I can't put I can't be on the basketball court because I'm a girl and I was like what like how is this still happening right like how is this still happening I don't understand so then so at the same time that I'm sort of working with these high school age kids to like kind of build the mental skills and and stuff. I was looking at my own girls growing up and thinking, why wait to start until high school? Like we can start teaching, we've got to start teaching these girls now. And with a drop in like halfway in between there, those high school, those 18 year olds and those young kids, you know, partway in between is that dropout rate of girls in sport. And so I felt like it was really important to expose girls to multiple sports, show them um, what it, the experience of trying new things in a fun and safe environment with other girls so that they can build some of the both physical and mental skills so that they can then go out to recess and say, Hey, I'm going to play too. Like Mm -hmm. I want to play too, you know? And so that's really where it sort of was born out of. So now strong girls did we, uh, just became a nonprofit in August. And what it is, is a curriculum that is, multiple sports so they do a different sport each week and physical skills so they do a um sort of like circuit push up teaching proper form of running and running backwards and skipping and push-ups and squats and those those just physical skills strengthening our bodies and then the other part of the class is the mental skills so we talk about confidence we talk about self-talk we talk about gratitude goal setting, dreaming big, all of those things. And I started creating, I wrote a book. Um, I, I was mostly creating like handouts essentially for this class. And then those mm-hmm. handouts sort of just formed into this like big book that ended up getting a sort of a guy that ended up getting picked up by Sterling Publishing and published. So wow. it's one of those books that can be picked up like, you know, at Barnes & Noble. I ended up crafting it in a way that its intention was for these strong girls classes, but it could also get picked up and just be done by anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that book is now used and we rely on volunteer parents, moms, teachers, uh, coaches, and college student athletes to be the coaches of the programs. Cause I believe strongly in the, if she can see it, she can be it. Mm-hmm. So really having those strong female role models can, is shown, there's science that shows that keeps girls in the game for longer. So we partner with with different um, pro, like rec, de- rec departments or universities. And I have training to train the, the people that are gonna be coaching. And then I send literally a box, like a kit of the t-shirts and the books and the bracelets and stickers and temporary tattoos and lesson plans and everything that they need so that they can implement one of these programs just to expose girls to the experience of multiple sports combined with the mental skills training. That's the long rundown of where it evolves and oh, where no. we are now. It was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a phenomenal program and a phenomenal like model. And, you know, even now what you've been doing like creatively too with everything kind of mm-hmm. a shelter in place and, and kids not being at school at this current moment of moving things online and yes. still having, you know, these these female mentors in a way speak to mm-hmm. various subjects. And so I, I am so impressed with the, with what you've created. 
And so much so like when, of course, you're looking to hire interns every now and then. And so when I got the posting and I sent it to basically my sister-in-law who runs, helps run the sports clubs um, at the university, she was like, wait, can I do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure she wouldn't mind. Because yeah, she's so going cool. to. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, for some of us, it, it speaks so truly to our hearts and we want to be there to help in, in any way that we can. And the, the cool thing about it is, is that there, there's many ways to, to help yeah. inspire. And, you know, even if that means they're not doing a full, full on program, just what you've created in a book and there's certain um, methodologies and practices that you can bring to, you know, your local communities. Definitely. Uh, because it, it is a, it is a team effort like across the nation. Yeah. You know, and even For now, sure. so, no, I For love sure. it. I'm, I'm excited to hear, you know, maybe some of your, your big goals around, Strong Girls United, or some of those, some of those, yeah. whether it's events or programming or anything on the horizon that you're yeah. really looking into. Yeah. So, a couple things. One short-term thing is just I I just um, have launched uh, options for some su late spring and summer virtual Strong Girls classes. So I am mailing out the the kit for each individual kid with the assigned book and a t-shirt and everything that, the, that we use in class. Um, obviously we can't practice the sports all in the same way, but even, so for example, last week, uh, one of the classes that I was running, we did volleyball and I sent in the kit a balloon to each kid. So then they ha had their parents blow up the balloons. So we practiced volleyball still. So <laughs> we're just getting creative in how we can practice different sports. Um, and fitness, but we're really, um, this provides this unique opportunity to really hone in on even more of the mental side of things. So I have student athletes that are college student athletes that are raising their hand and wanting to help. So they join our, these sessions and then we do breakout groups. So a couple girls, a couple elementary school girls paired with a college athlete and going through exercises last week, they were creating some self-affirmations and they were drawing a picture of their favorite power pose. And then we come back as a group and they share those and hearing those little of just like, I am strong or I am brave, you know, all of those is just so heartwarming and exactly what we want. So that is still rolling such so short term. Um, and I would love the unique thing about this is that unlike a typical, if we were running as normal, you know, I can coach a program that's local to me and that's about it. And so the unique thing about this is that I get to coach these these girls in this in this virtual program wherever they are in the country or Canada um, or wherever they are um, so that's a, a fun thing short term and in terms of um, my long-term goals um, my long-term vision honestly is to partner at some point with the NCAA because mm -hmm. my absolute favorite part of this program is the college student-athlete mentorship and we are researching, um, I have an awesome um, uh, PhD student from UT Austin, Ashley Kuchar, who's doing research for us. And one of the things that there's so, there's so much out of having the college student athletes run these programs. And 
one of the things for just to give you a few as an example um i want to get at i want to get at the the uh, attendance at women's sporting events like i want to increase attendance at women's sporting events what's one way to do that if you get those women out in their community and they are working with these girls and those girls like they are celebrities to these yeah. kids right like mm -hmm. what high school varsity athletes are celebrities to elementary school kids right like so these college athletes are celebrities to these kids and if you have a personal relationship what game do you want to go to you're going to want to go to their game right and so that's one thing that we're gonna that we're kind of working on i also think um for the student athletes just exposing them to the the experience of mentoring and coaching have a profound in them. There's a Mia Hamm quote that talks about play for, it's like play for her, you know, like play for the young girl, you know, that quote. Mm -hmm. So I think about that and, um, you know, when you are in the grind of college sports and you go and you are playing any sport, or even if you're just doing jumping jacks and planks with group of elementary school and you see the joy on their face it can remind you of why you played to begin with and i think can really actually have an impact on their own performance and perspective on the sport that they're doing by being involved in this and then you know i also hope that exposing them to the experience of coaching might open a door to keep those women in the game for longer too we need more women coaching we need more women to stay in the game after they graduate and so if we can, but, but you don't know what you don't know. So if kids haven't been exposed, student athletes, college kids have not been exposed to the experience of sort of teaching and coaching within your sport, you might not know that that is actually something that you want to keep doing. So we hope that that experience will keep some women in the, in the game longer and bring more women to the coaching field. And so those are all just sort of the benefits for the the, the university girls. And then of course, there's tons of benefits, as I talked about earlier, even the, the rates of, of girls staying in sport when they have strong female role models to watch um, shows, you know, the science is, is pretty awesome around that. And so there's lots of things we're trying to tackle with, with this, uh, that, that I think that this program can offer sort of both, like it's a positive to the universities, you know, and getting their, their, their people into the community. Um, and also clearly a huge positive for the, for the young girls that get to experience it. So those programs, we had four universities this spring that are, we are not, not running them right now um, mm -hmm. that lined up. And that's the one, that's the area that I really want to find a way to expand and grow um, and have it be something that can be offered uh, you know, eventually, again, it's a dream, dream of mine is like NCAA partnership or something where, yeah. where these programs can be offered to all the, all schools um, mm. to be able to, to do. Because I think there's just, there's this like, it's like backdoor lessons to teach the college kids. Like when you have the college oh, kids yeah. to teach, you know, teach young girls this stuff, they've, they've got to sort of walk away at the same time, which can be really awesome. In my training at Boston University with some of those athletes, we talked about the how, how you handle mistakes and we talked about the inner critic versus mm -hmm. being your best inner coach and we talked about had them you know really think about like what, how do they talk to themselves after after you know a mistake or something like that and then I said to them would you ever teach an elementary school girl to talk to themselves in that way right. and they were like oh like no, no. <laughs> right? not. yeah of course not like <laughs> yep 
Like, you're mortified, you're kidding, you know? And so that, there's a moment right there for those college girls that can really impact their, now, now when that inner critic shows up again, they can remind themselves of like, I would never teach someone to talk to themselves that way. So I need to start practicing talking to myself in a different way too. Mm. So it really yeah. kind of ties in my love for working with the older, older student athletes and the, the sort of elite, I guess, student athletes and, and how we translate that to these young girls as well. Oh, so good. Now, is this something, and of course, we, you run the program during school, but do you also keep it open or a facet of it going in the summertime too? Yeah, I have been locally um, doing like a summer, like sort of a summer camp, so a little bit longer. And so that's an area that um, but that again is just sort of me personally coaching the summer camp. Um, so in terms of it doesn't quite have the same, um, same reach possibility right now. Um, but eventually we'll have to figure out a way to have, um, have a summer camp that can be, um, replicated, you know, for others to be able to do as well. And certainly the virtual side of things as well. Again, it's just more of the mental stuff virtually we do we do sort of fitness and exercise kind of stuff to begin and we do mindfulness practices as well. So, you know, starting by teaching them some of that um, and, you know, we get moving and then we do some of the, the mental skill stuff. So I anticipate actually, you know, something that has come out of the, this experience is this is something I'd always wanted to do. I just saw it as three years down the road where I would have content online and I'd be able to do this online. And it just like, you know, right. what you realize you can do in three weeks when you know, I was like, I, you know, three years. <laughs> yes. So it's been a totally busy few shown me what so I anticipate that these virtual programs, I will, I will continue personally coaching some of these virtual programs for, um, even when for, for from now on you know like that can be a, that can be something that can be done done at any point um even when we're uh when we're back into to the swing of full sessions as well oh, awesome so good yeah well, I am so happy I got to like see you know I podcast and I'm like well I'm selfishly learning all about you I'm really enjoying myself <laughs> um, so I know our community definitely will so if our community like wanted to get involved where would be the best place for them to reach out to you follow you or find you So there are two places, sgunitedfoundation.org. So SG for strong girls, sgunitedfoundation.org and Lani, L-A-N-I, silversides.com. Those two places have um, uh, sort of the resources that I'm putting out. I just um, have started releasing some free eBooks that people can download based on the, the mental skills talks that I've been doing on Mondays virtually. And so both, both of those places, there are the, you know, connect with me button, any of the emails um, or connections will come directly to my inbox. So I welcome um, people that are wanting to ask questions or get involved or, you know, I also do some work with some teams um, on the mental side. So like older teams. 
mm. um, on the mental side of things. And I'm doing that virtually right now too, which is a great, I mean, there's no better time than now to practice right. the mental side of things, it's right? So true. Yes. So if there are, and I'm going to be launching this summer, a middle school, like a girls leadership Academy virtual version for middle school girls. Um, so there are, all of that stuff should be found on my site and um, I welcome any questions, comments, or interest in involvement. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I'll put all of that, that info in the show notes as well. So people can, can link in wherever they're listening from, but I just want to say thank you. And I know there's honestly like so much more to your story. Um, and you have a phenomenal story and there's been a lot that you have overcome. So anyone, I encourage you to just one, go follow her, go see strong girls United. Um, because you're just, you're doing it. Like you (laughs) are doing, um, this beautiful, beautiful work and it's so fitting, like just talking to you, I'm like, Oh, this makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Thank thank you so much. much. Thank you. Thanks for having me.